All right, welcome everyone to Spaces with Josie. I am Josie the Red-Headed Libertarian and your host today. Can everybody hear me okay? Go ahead and throw up your emojis down there at the bottom, the heart with a plus sign. Wonderful. Okay, great. Well, welcome to my guest, Z Van Fleet. How are you? Okay, okay. Thank you so much for uh, uh, inviting me. Sorry, it took me a second to get in oh no no it's okay that happens sometimes we're all patient people thank you so how do i say your name do i say g it's my god-given pronoun okay (laughs) (laughs) i like it (laughs) so Uh Van fleet is a chinese app by birth american by choice survivor of meows cultural revolution and defender of liberty she was born in china lived through the cultural revolution and was sent to work in the countryside at the age of 16 after mao's death uh Zhi was able to go to college to study english and has lived in the united states since 1986 in 2021 she delivered a school board speech in loudon county virginia against critical race theory that went viral and ignited national conservative media attention she now devotes her time and energy full-time to warning about the parallels between Mao's cultural revolution in China and what's unfolding in America today. Since going public with her message, Z Van Fleet has now appeared on Fox News, Newsmax, and radio shows and podcasts across the country. So, now, in your book, Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning, you break down the horrors of the Chinese Cultural Revolution that you witnessed as a schoolgirl when you were forced to the countryside with other young Chinese for re-education in high school. Can you can you tell us about that experience? Um, in the countryside? Yes. Uh, um, uh, I graduated from uh, high school in 1975. Mm-hmm. Mao died in 1976. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so it was uh, it was still cultural revolution when I graduated from high school, mm-hmm. and after nine years of cultural revolution, which started in 1966, everything was in ruins, mm-hmm. and there's no uh, there's no jobs, there's hardly anything, and they are for the young people. And since I um, graduated, and there's no jobs, there's a, uh, so Mao had had sent us to the countryside with this beautiful uh, slogan, go to the countryside and get re-educated by the peasants. Actually, mm-hmm. it has been going on since uh, 1968 or even earlier. But uh, by the time I graduated, everybody, there's just, there just nothing, mm-hmm. nothing for the young people. So I went to the countryside and uh, I don't think about the countryside, you know, mm-hmm. bringing up the image of beautiful countryside in the uh, in America. No, it, it is really primitive, primitive condition. And uh, um, work in the fields with your hand. And so I did that hard labor for three years. Mm-hmm. By then, Ma was dead. And, um, and Deng Xiaoping, his successor, opened reopened university and it was the time three years later at the age 19 i was able to go to college and study english um, so that was a horrible horrible experience but i also uh find that uh, a good experience to really to see uh the hard lives the peasants lived 
much, much, much harder than those in urban um, areas. So it was absolutely heartbroken to see that the so-called the master of the new China lived basically in slavery mm-hmm. because they could not leave. They could not go anywhere. They, they were tied down to the land, to their little commune, and they were told what to do, and they had nothing, nothing. Everybody was starving. So you were told to go to the countryside for re-education, and it was essentially like a bait and switch, and they gave you hard labor instead. They had you doing slave labor instead of whatever this find re- re-education was supposed to be. Yeah, that is all about socialism, communism. Uh-huh. Everything they do, they tell you that it's for your own good. Mm-hmm. It all sounds great, and uh, but reality, it's just nothing but um, suffering, hardship, and death. Yeah, yeah. So what? So you had Whitten, you spoke at Loudoun County, Virginia, which a lot of us know. Um, Loudon, we might recognize that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what? It, what had happened there is they had a boy um, that thought he was a girl um, assault a, assault a girl in a bathroom. Okay. And so Loudon tried to cover it up and sent the boy to another school where he did it again. Okay, yes. so so Loudon is corrupt, disgusting school. So can you tell me about your speech there that you did in 2021? Yeah, it's, it's more than that. That's part of it. Mm. They, cover, they, they cover up um, that uh, a crime and deny there's such a, a problem of uh, um, boys dressed in girls' clothes and uh, could go to the bathroom and assault, sexually assault a girl. And uh, they deny that. Also, they're pushing... Uh, CRT, yes. uh, critical race theory, and they had um, uh, and organized uh, like they have clubs um, created like a reporting a bias reporting um, whatever bias reporting system encourages students to report each other for mm. comments that can be regarded as uh, um, racist. So they have been doing all sorts of radical, radical agenda. So it's not just one thing. And, and, and what we did, a group of the parents, is really ignite this uh, parents' revolt. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, people just, you see it happening everywhere. Parents go, would go to the uh, school board and, uh, and confront the school board members and, uh, and talk about all sorts of issues that are going on in our school. The truth is that our public uh, educational system has been infiltrated and taken over by Marxists for a long time. Only that the uh, COVID get us a chance, get the parents a chance through Zoom classroom, witness really firsthand what was really going on. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really proud to be part of that movement. Definitely. So what are some of the parallels that you see happening in America that you saw happening in China? Yeah, there's a, a lot of them. First of all, people have to understand this is a revolution. And uh, what I witnessed and experienced in China is Mao's cultural revolution. Mm-hmm. And the goal of Mao's cultural revolution is to destroy everything and burn everything to the ground and build back in his own um, image, basically mm-hmm. build back to him better. And why he would do that? Because he feel like he is 
he was losing control of his own party. Mm-hmm. He was losing control of his own government. And so he had to really destroy everything, destroy all the institutions in order to build it back mm-hmm. with his own people and with absolutely his own ideology, which is Maoism. It's, it's, it's a brand of a more extreme radical version of Marxism. Mm-hmm. And so destroy everything means everything that is traditional. And the slogan was destroy the four olds, old ideas, old culture, old uh, custom, old habits. Mm-hmm. And sounds kind of familiar by now, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. And what they did, the Red Guards are the today's BMMs, BMMers and Antifas, young people from uh, schools, as young as elementary school kids and uh, as old as college kids. They're the one that started this revolution. So they destroy statues. That's the first thing they went after because that is the symbol of old culture and old ideas. So they dismantled statues, especially Buddhist statues. Mm -hmm. They changed street names. Mm -hmm. Anything that they consider not revolutionary has to be changed. And all this is happening. It's just absolutely amazing that the history is repeating right here, right now. But many, many Americans have no idea. Why? Because they were never taught the history, the history of communism, the history of Chinese communism, which is much, much more to me radical than the uh, Soviet version uh, of communism. So that is uh, the parallel is one is destroy the tradition, destroy the past, destroy history. Why? Because they want to um, really let us forget that where we're from, where, uh, what is our heritage, so that we will absolutely accept this new, brand new ideology, Marxism, mm-hmm. and uh, and let that to be our guiding principles. So that is one thing here we call cancel culture, mm-hmm. and there we call it um, uh, destroy the four olds. Yeah. And of course, in order to do all this, you have to divide people, right? Mm-hmm. You, it's, a, it's a revolution. You don't have enemies. And so in China, the enemies was very well defined. Mm-hmm. Mao said, those are the people who want to take capitalist road, whatever mm-hmm. it means. That means those people, um, the, especially the, uh, um, the uh, CCP leaders who want to focus on improve uh, the economy and improve the living standard of the people. That to Mao was bourgeois and was capitalism. He wanted to class struggle. He did not want that. So that's the focus is the target of the people who are in power and taking the capitalist road. They are called capitalist roaders. So they were our enemies. So you can Google and see struggle session and look at those struggle sessions. Those are the people in power that Mao regarded as the enemies. Mm-hmm. And what's here? They have to do the same thing. For a revolution, you don't have enemies. And so um, in China, it's uh, what I described here, 
We know, right? Those are the people that, uh, first of all, white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, whiteness is the enemy of this revolution. Yes. And the whiteness also really implied the, uh, um, and the traditional uh, values, the Christian values and all this has to be destroyed. And then we have to make an enemy of them. So division, cancel culture, mm-hmm. and also I describe cultural revolution is really a youth revolution. It really started with young people. Why young people? Because they will have been indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. They are so easier to manipulate. Mm-hmm. So all this was carried out by kids. Absolutely, it started as chaos. Eventually, became violent. Twenty mm-hmm. some people, twenty some million people lost their lives. That's horrifying. So communism, Maoism, Marxism, they they all worked around this class struggle. So and they said, all right, well, the the signs of the upper class are history, religion, the past, borders, truth. And so when they came to America, they're like, well, we can't have a class struggle because then we're going to be the enemy. So we're going to do a race struggle instead. And we're going to put the black people against the white people or the people of color against the white people. And we're going to make the same aspects of upper class into whiteness. So what are what is whiteness? If you look up whiteness, it's history, it's religion, it's the past, it's borders, it's yes. truth. It's very lazy. It was very yeah. lazy of them to do this. It's very obvious, very apparent. But you're right. They do target the young the young people and that's what they always lead every revolution like when it comes to anti-gunners you know like david hogg and he says the young people will win and and so it is definitely a way to target the young people yes and also the uh, rewrite history is a very very important part of Mm -hmm. it and why they could uh, um mobilizes young people because those young people, including the American general public, don't know anything really of the real history, mm-hmm. and especially the history of, uh, of communism. And so, and see, in school, they, the only thing that they know is really the Marxist um, principle oppressors a class struggle class struggle which is oppressors versus oppressed Mm -hmm. so they how they identify um who is oppressor and who is oppressed easy right so you uh, the white people are always the oppressor and uh, and for uh, so um so you, we see it in 2020, and, and, and all those uh, young people, they joined the riots and they thought that they, they are fighting for a great cause. And then um, for the uh, uh, pro-Hamas, mm-hmm. uh, it's the same principle, Vers- um, oppressors versus oppressed. Mm-hmm. So who are the oppressors this time? This time is the colonizers, <laughs> occupiers. So they don't have to know any history. They don't have to know anything more than just identify oppressor versus oppressed. Mm-hmm. oppressed. And then off they go to the street and shouting the slogans. It is exactly what how the Red Guards operate. I really call those young people uh, social justice warrior today in America, American Red Guards. Yeah. It's uh, it's very low IQ because they essentially color coded the bad guys. They're like, see, you can tell who the bad guy is because they're the white people, and and that's yeah. that's all that it took. And also the uh, they also um, 
used this uh, um, idea of uh, original sin, yes. right? And you did the, the the white guilt. Mm -hmm. You are um, guilty just because you're born white, and the, and also they use something else. Actually, they do use the uh, uh, class struggle and the, and the rich guilt. And so the rich people, a lot of them feel like a, feel guilty. They absolutely feel guilty. They feel obligated to support uh, the uh, the woke uh, revolution, such as uh, uh, Mark Cuban. He's a shining example. Yes. He's a shining example of white guilt plus rich guilt. And so it, it's, it's absolutely operate the same way as Maoism. Yeah, and Mark Cuban's never going to feel... Um, he's never going to have not be able to be hired because he's a white male. Like, he's not going to actually feel what's going on with the normal people who are experiencing being the bad guys in this this cultural revolution. So it's easy for him to to have his white guilt and to to espouse DEI. It's it's easy for him to do that because he's never gonna he's never gonna suffer the consequences of it. Yeah, and he would not do that for his. Uh sports team. I, I, I'm not into sports. I don't even know uh, what kind of a uh, sports that uh, that uh, sports team. He would not do that, right? Oh, no. He would not uh, just add some Asian, short Asian guy as mm -hmm. part of uh, um, his, as his player. He knows. He just does it because he feels like he has to show his loyalty, mm -hmm. his loyalty to the woke, you know, mob yes. or, 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 or his obedience to the uh, um, that's really what it is it's a mob a mm -hmm. demand our uh, our applying uh, our, our allegiance yes yes it's absolutely so I tweeted something just uh, the other day that I showed that um, when I was little um, I have to ha hold mouse little red book mm -hmm. and uh, wear mouse badge just to show my loyalty and people thought that I was forced to do that the government no 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 mm -hmm. everyone was eager to do that because everyone know that you are always safe mm -hmm. if you show that you are on the right side um, and so that's exactly what's going on today and I think it's basically mind control yes no I agree with that I want to jump back to something that you had said earlier you had mentioned working in the fields and how it was really scary can you tell us uh, like a story about something scary that happened to you working in working in the fields oh my god mm -hmm. that would be a long story but anyway <laughs> I can tell you one story I yes. think it might, might be interesting so I was sent assigned to a little uh, okay by back then the uh, rural China was organized as communes it's mm -hmm. like a big area and it's called commune people's mm -hmm. commune and in the commune there will be big production team and a little production team so um three girls from the city were assigned to a little um production pr production team and it's on the um on the mountain area mm -hmm. and we were getting a room and we three share a little room and i work with the peasants and uh, so about months into this and we start to experience strange things at night. Mm -hmm. There's no no running water, no electricity, no nothing. It's just so primitive. But we um, we were assigned a room that is part of a, a, um, a courtyard. Uh -huh. You know, it's kind of shabby, but it's a courtyard that belonged to a landlord before. 
and uh, and it was after the revolution it was divided and there was a lot of uh, families moved in and to share because that's what communism is mm-hmm. you share you know you absolutely was forced to give part of your the uh, the uh, um your uh, your uh, uh, room, uh, your house mm-hmm. to the poor so there's a lot of people that we live in the little little room and then we experience Poltergeist, uh, what do you call that? That kind of ghost that makes strange noises. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. I'm serious. <laughs> it was so scary. Mm-hmm. And, and the three girls were scared to death. And then, and then we were told the story. And I thought that was interesting. So they all knew. No one wanted to live in that room. What happened is that room was assigned to a widow to a widow um, and then uh, she died later mm-hmm. so the uh, original owner wanted to claim that room back mm-hmm. no 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 mm-hmm. you're you are the enemy of the state you were the uh, rich peasant and now you want your room back mm-hmm. they had a struggle session and then they parade this uh, um, the the, uh, uh, the woman of that family who wants the uh, room back and they humiliate her and beat her up. So she committed suicide in that room. Oh, that's terrible. And then no one wants to live there. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we will experience that. But you can see just that is what happened in the countryside, that the everything was uh, um, taken away from the rich. Mm -hmm. And if the rich had make a complaint, class struggle. Absolutely, merciless. And so, I, I, I don't know, it's just a kind of interesting story mm-hmm. and um, th- that I, from time to time, I tell people. Mm-hmm. No, thank you, that was, that was very interesting. So <laughs> what do you think that we can do in America to stop the spread of Maoism and communism and Marxism? I think the real problem is too many Americans don't know history. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, when, especially 2020, when I saw what happened on the streets mm-hmm. and in our cities, I right away, people like me, right away, we recognize what that is. Mm-hmm. That was a full-blown Marxist revolution. Yes. There's no doubt. Why mm-hmm. do we know that? Because we, not only that uh, we know history, we experienced history. We recognize that right away. But for a lot of Americans, even the conservatives, they feel like, uh, oh my God, what's going on? What happened to our country? Why is, but they still, they don't know Mm -hmm. um, that it is uh, communism. It is Marxism. And I I think that is the problem that, uh, you know, when I started talking, in uh, 2021, um, I started used the word communism, and I was told, um, even my husband told me, don't use that word, you know, communism, think people, people think you're kind of crazy, because <laughs> when they think about communism, they think about Cold War, they think about, you know, um, Soviet Union, it's no more, but I said, it is communism, because what I experienced was Chinese communism, mm-hmm. and what I see here, is similar to that. It is communism. So that is, uh, um, the th- I think now more and more people are using the, the word communist. It's absolutely communism. So the Americans have been fighting against communism for 
decades, right? Yeah. We 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 uh, we uh, uh, fought it in Korea War, in Vietnam, and uh, and then the communism showed up, and in um, in front of their door, and people say it's not in front, it's in the house, but they don't know. They don't know what it is. And uh, there's another thing is that communism is very deceptive. Mm-hmm. It's never showed up as a monster. It always showed up as an angel. Mm-hmm. And because they're fighting for the poor, the marginalized, and the, the, uh, the oppressed. Mm-hmm. And so it's difficult, especially for young people, it's difficult for them to, uh, to really to understand and see through. And it's so easy for them just join in and thinking they're doing something uh, great and they, they're really helping. Um, so I think the first thing is to really understand what communism is about and uh, how, I think, because they can start with my book, seriously. Mm-hmm. In my book, I laid out the parallels. The parallels, I, I'm not just telling a, a story of what happened before, a history or whatever. I'm really comparing uh-huh. what happened in China and what happened here. And you can see, it's the same thing. Yes. So, uh, you, what you'd mentioned before, so how even your husband said you shouldn't call it communism. Well, the thing about communism is it's a shapeshifter. So it's going to look one way in China. It's going to look a different way in America. It's going to look the way that it can sell itself. And as you said, it always appears like an angel. Satan was an angel too, and that's how he appeared. So, so that's just a very, very important thing to know. Like, we still need to be able to talk about this and to call it what it is, even if it doesn't quite resemble um, the the uh, traditional expression of communism. That's that's what it is. It's what happened in China. It's what's happening here. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, you know, I think by now a lot of Americans have heard about um, uh, this expression. Uh, uh, no, this idea of a critical. Critical, theory. yes. Yeah, okay, critical theory is the mother that have a lot of awful offspring, such as critical race mm-hmm. theory, critical uh, feminist theory, mm-hmm. and critical queer theory. There will be more. And what it is, it's really, um, it's, I think to me, it is a pair of uh, lens that they put on the people. Um, so they see through this lens, all they see it's injustice. Mm-hmm. They see racial injustice, gender injustice, and whatever, whatever. And uh, so here is the, the, it's so easy to do because America is not perfect. Mm-hmm. It never claimed itself to be perfect and it will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's just the best we have. And it's the best that uh, um, we ever had. So far, it's the best. Yes, it's con- it's constantly refining itself into a better version of itself, and it's never going to be perfect, but it's, it is going to always be trying to be perfect. Yeah, so what they do is that they teach those people to see imperfection. It's so easy to do. And then they hold America uh, up and say that it should be perfect. Mm-hmm. And see, it's not, we have poor people, we have this and this and this and this. And it's so easy. It's a trap, but it's very easy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but the, the thing that I know, I know because uh, we did the same thing. Mm-hmm. In China, 
my parents, not me, because I was born into the slavery of communism. But my parents joined the revolution mm -hmm. as young pe uh, 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 as young progressives. Mm -hmm. They did the same thing. They saw the imperfection of the old society, which is absolutely was true. It, uh, and then they were sold this idea that communism is going to fix all of them. Communism is going to make this world perfect. So they bought into it, and then they realized, by the time they realized, it's too late. They, and yeah, they, they already uh, and being captured, and the whole nation was being captured. And the same, same here. They teach the young, young children, oh, and they condemn America, racist country. They hate America so much. They can tell you what's wrong with America. And, uh, but they have no idea the solution that they were promised is absolutely um, is communism. Not only that, and we know what will happen because it happened in Soviet Union, it happened in China, happened in Cuba, it happened in North Korea. That's why it's so important to know history. Mm -hmm. The same promise was sold to those countries, and we can see what happened. Yes, it's yes. enslavement. Yep, and they, they they go for the younger kids because they have hope and they have empathy and these are easy traits to exploit if you have bad intentions. So it's yes. sad that, that that's what they do. Would you like to take some audience questions? Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so if anybody in the audience has a question for Xi, you can go ahead and request to be a speaker down there at the bottom and I will make you one. And then when you are ready to ask your question, you hit the heart with the plus sign and all the way to the right is a hand. You hit that hand and it's going to show me that your hand is up. So I'll give you a minute to think about a question and request to be a speaker. Yeah, I think it's better to ask a question because I can just tell what I think is important, but I think people may have other things they want to know. Absolutely. Uh, Darcy, go ahead. Hi, thanks, uh, Redhead Libertarian. Uh, he, I uh, really enjoy hearing your conversation here and your explanation of communism. I just wanted to know, though, um, when you look at social systems in the United States or other democratic uh, countries like Canada, do you think that that is considered communism like health care or uh, things that your taxes go towards well I, I I don't think they are communism those are socialism and here's another thing that we need to understand China is not a communist country there's no communist country in the world there are only socialist countries and so China is a socialist country ruled by Communist Party. And growing up, we were taught that we can't enter communism until every country in the world becomes socialist country. So uh, it's, uh, I just want to explain that. Okay, so I think a lot of things happen is socialism. And socialism, I mean, there's... Uh, I think as a society, I think it's important that we help the poor. 
and uh, and I think in the in old days there's a lot of uh, charity organizations and uh, so um, I think that's very very important that uh, and as every citizen um, should think about helping your neighbors or people who need help but when government does it that is a problem and when the government does a little well okay but the government never stopped of doing little they're going to do more and more and more and and that's how we uh, we get on the path of totalitarianism it's little by little by little socialism is really the government decide our money should go here go there who should help who should be helped who should be punished who who should be the winner who should be the, the loser so socialism is eventually it only take us to one direction that's totalitarianism that's that's my uh, take Thank you, Darcy. Um, Jennifer, go ahead. Hi, uh, thank you um, for hosting the space. And uh, uh, C or G, I, I thought yeah, the book already. Um, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm very interested, obviously, to learn more because it's it kind of shocked me how it's just seemed to come all of a sudden all at once that so many uh, college graduates really are indoctrinated for this communist socialist uh, mentality. And, um, you know, I, it's clear that there's been a long march through the institutions. Um, and I was just wondering, what would be your recommendation to, well, I guess, deprogram so many of the youths? And if they don't, you know, there's not a whole lot of jobs and, and seems like so much time is being spent just you know protesting and upset at the world um and and yeah what would you what would you recommend for next steps and how to how to recover you're so right about the long march through institutions it's not sudden it is gradual it is actually very very gradual it took um decades at least we can trace back to the 30s or even further back um so because it is so gradual and uh, because they were able to produce generations of Marxists. And those people are no longer young. Those people are middle-aged. And they, where are they? They are in control of all our institutions. And so that's why it's so hard to fight back. You know, you, we worry about our job, every one of us, you know. And uh, so we... <laughs> It's, 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 it's not easy, but I think the first step is to understand because still so many of us do not understand what's really going on. So when you understand, you have to resist. You can resist big, you can resist small. You can resist by not joining the lies. You know, so there's so many things. And then, now I basically, I quit my job. And I started doing this full time because I just think this is absolutely the most important thing. And 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 uh, if I don't speak up, I'll see that uh, I will be living under communism again after escaping it, you know, 30 some years ago. So, um, but you don't have to take drastic uh, um, uh, step like I, you know, quit your job. You can do little. You can do more, whatever, but we have to start resist. And also, I said we have to start get organized. Mm -hmm. And people say, how do we push? We can push 
back by getting organized and get involved with local politics. Absolutely. I had no idea of government of politics, you know, three, four years ago. Now I know who uh, and the, uh, how, how government functions in my county, um, all those positions and how important they are. And I support the candidate and, uh, and I, I participate in all the uh, um, um, activities of, to support the uh, conservative cause. Mm -hmm. That take all of us. Great question, Jennifer. Thank you. Uh, Liza, go ahead. Hi there. Uh, just to, as background, I'm, I'm the uh, medical affairs lead for Bayer Crop Sciences. So um, I am a physician and uh, I've lived in Poland for a year right after the wall came down. So I watched the aftermath of them emerge from the ashes of uh, communism. And it was really, really revealing. Uh, to me. Um, I am very concerned about where agricultural policy is going, and maybe she could comment on this, please, um, because agriculture is at the foundation of civilization, and we have made great scientific advances in agriculture, and unfortunately, there is a lot of um, misinformation and people are cautious about the word misinformation these days but there's there's the science we have gone let me i'll just put it this way in, in at the dawn of the 20th century 1900 45 percent of us in the united states farmed and we lived to the ripe old age of 45. by the end of the 20th century despite two world wars we gained a 35-year increase in life expectancy uh and that now 2% of the population farms. So we're in a very fragile ecosystem, but we, we that, that unprecedented uh, advance in health and well-being and nutrition came from five public health advances of the 20th century, and those are water sanitation, food security, vaccination, antibiotics, and vector control. And I'm watching the House of Medicine dismantle these things. And they're specifically targeting farming. Um, and I think that we're on the precipice of a, a very, very um, concerning development in the way people perceive farmers and farming. Uh, remember, we've got 10,000 years of experience with uh, organic farming and organic agriculture and 50 years of food security in the West. And so what I'm seeing is a, re, re, a revamping of Lysenkoism, which is a Soviet um, issue uh, that is being aimed at the agricultural sector. And the ag agricultural sector is so small that it is unable to advocate for itself. And that puts food security front and center uh, in, in terms of risk. So I'm hoping that she could maybe comment a little bit on uh, Lysenko. I'm happy to comment and talk, talk about what I know. He was the deadliest scientist of the 20th century. There are probably 100 million dead people because of him. And he, he did not believe in genetics and did produced fraudulent research in the scientific literature that he then got amplified through Soviet channels 
um, and caused great famines. And so I'm very concerned that if we don't start listening to our farmers who are in Germany right now, marching on Berlin, in the Netherlands right now, you know, the whole Netherlands move to decrease greenhouse gas emissions. If you took the Netherlands, the whole country off the map, this is not just their farming sector. If you took their whole country off the map, you would mitigate greenhouse gas emissions by 0.037%. It would make no difference. On the other hand, they are the second largest producer of agriculture globally. So if you take that that off the map, you are talking about really compromising food security. And these are big geopolitical very important questions that we need to think about very carefully before we start is saying uh, making big claims around agriculture. What's what's horrifying yeah. about that is they're the second largest exporter of, of food of, of produce of, of all of that in the world. So so they're going to say, oh well, we need to you know slaughter all their cows and and call their chickens and all of that. And and it's gonna fix the it's gonna fix the the greenhouse gases and it's gonna fix the weather I I don't know but um, that none of that's gonna happen and so once they do all that stuff and nothing changes because as you said the numbers aren't there for it to even even be a drop in the bucket they're gonna say oh well we need to do more that means we need to we need to make it harder for you to eat we need to make it harder for you to get food. Because because that's how we're going to save the weather. We just didn't go far enough, and that's that's what it looks like to me. What their plan would be. Yeah, I haven't really uh, do uh, uh, a lot of study about uh, in the uh, um, food uh, security issue. But that one thing I know: what is communism? It's really people play God. Mm-hmm. They really feel like they. A God, and they know what's best for us, and they have a plan for us, and that's what uh, uh, happened in Soviet Union in, in China. That Mao had a plan for us, and after his plan, 50 million Chinese starved to death, and uh, so um, at least he thought his plan would work. But I would not even say that about uh, the uh, World Economic Forum. They have agenda. The, uh, the climate is, is just an excuse. They, I do believe they absolutely want to reduce the population. And it's not just the one country, it's the whole world. So I, I, would, I would go, um, I would not even uh, argue about the, uh, you know, whether their policy will work or not. What they really want is control us. And they plan everything for us. And they plan that we will have nothing. We'll be happy. We'll live in. A, uh, we will give up our uh, our car and our gas. We we'll live in a small 15 minutes um, uh, community. And then you think if you can accept that, and then you should accept that they want to eliminate probably half of the uh, the people living in that uh, uh, 15 minutes community. That's what it is. Those communists are absolutely evil evil people they want to control manipulate and get rid of us with the so-called uh, climate agenda dei and all this stuff yes i agree with that and thank you liza uh lady lisa go ahead hi there can you hear me yes Okay, great. Thank you so much for hosting this space. And gee, I just wanted to thank you. Uh, I 
I truly appreciate what you're doing and speaking out because, I mean, we all have to do what we can. So thank you so much. Um, the question that I have, um, in looking at how um, the Cultural Revolution happened in China and how it developed, what is the most glaring parallel you see between that and what's happening in our country? Where do you think that we're at in, in this process? I think the, the, the most, um, to, there are a lot parallels, there's a lot, mm-hmm. but the division, I think, is uh, one of the most vicious uh, thing that I can see the parallel, that Mao had cultural revolution, and it's a revolution, but he did not need army. His first revolution was to overthrow the government. 1947, uh, 1949, and that was a military insurrection, right? That's a revolution with uh, uh, with soldiers and with uh, uh, weapons. But for the Cultural Revolution, he did not need that. He had the young people, and he had the people against people, and that's what he called masses. He was able to turn the masses against each other. That's how he controlled them. And that's how I see it happen here. That today, the Americans absolutely divided so much and they treat each other as enemies. And as enemies that I think we are at the blink, uh, brink that we're, uh, it's, it's going to be violence. Mm. And we already see it. And that's to me is like Americans started really hate each other so much. Yeah. Thank oh. you so much for that answer. I've just been thinking about that for a really long time and I, I just appreciate you sharing your experiences. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lady Lisa. Ice, go ahead. Hi, thank you, Josie. Appreciate being here. It's great. Um, Hi, Z. Just uh, you know, spot on with the education system and the corruption in our education system and the lack of history that is being taught to our youth today. Um, as someone who's had a chance to give these speeches and be able to talk to our youth, what techniques or would you say type of tips you'd have to offer when speaking with youth groups and having them understand what's going on today with the installation of communism across their country, what they're being indoctrinated into, and to bring them around to understand their history and help get people back on track to understanding that the freedom that we have here is only here because we keep fighting for it. Yeah, uh, it, it is something I have been doing, and it's just really have to teach them history. It's not necessarily, um, and communist, uh, the history of communism, but just real history about teaching them about, uh, you know, slavery, you have to go in, you have to take them back to the beginning and uh, uh, where slavery is from. It's not something new. It has been as uh, with uh, um, in human history from the very beginning. And, and, and the context, okay, the left love to see the context. 
but uh, when the uh, the children were were told that there's no context, they absolutely have no idea. Um, they 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 were just taught. I I think they were just taught uh, slogans, you know, and uh, um, uh, to to teach the whole history. I think is uh, is the key. But again, it, it's difficult because uh, um, nowadays they hardly learn anything. And you and and, and when you, when they don't even know the basics of American history, um, so I don't know. I think our uh, education system has been really destroyed, and um, those are really big questions. I, I don't have a, a, a quick answer, but I do think to learn history is the key. Yeah, I really think our education system has been compromised in that way, and that history is really not being taught to the students these days. I mean, I have three children, and they're not learning anything. They didn't learn anything at through school and understand that a lot of the history that I teach them, and I keep a lot of history books on hand, and I go through a lot of stuff and try to keep them educated, and they really get it and understand. Um, but it's so widespread. Uh, misinformation and not understanding that people even understand how this country was created and what we did to get to where we are. Yeah, and also I I went to a library and did a kind of a, uh, uh, I went to the uh, children's section and did some kind of a um, superficial research. Um, we don't have a lot of uh, um, books to uh, come back to lies and I, I pick out quite a few books about China and uh, and there's one book it's uh, about Mao and it's for probably for middle uh, school age uh, children and it portrays Mao as a national hero that he did a lot of good things uh, and he also made some mistakes so that is the kind of uh, 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 books that they were reading and so I really think that we should have, uh, the conservatives should really have to uh, need to produce some uh, um, readers for younger uh, children, started very young. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Ice. Uh, the English way, go ahead. Hello there. Um, I think my answer is pretty much... Uh, my question's been answered, but I just want to thank you for coming out and speaking like you have done uh, the past couple of years um, and devoting your life to it. Um, so I guess I'll wrap my question up in, in a bit of history. So I, I used to work for the Epoch Times. And okay. On, yeah, and NTD TV. Okay. I was a news anchor for them for a while. And one of the things that I had to do was essentially go through decommunization, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, even, as, even as a Westerner, I think um, we are infiltrated quite heavily by communism without knowing because it's so widespread throughout the culture, right? Um, and just for anybody listening, I can hand on heart guarantee, uh, sorry, recommend how the specter of communism is ruling our world by the Epoch Times. Um, I think they have it in video, audio, and in print. And it is insanely deep and detailed. Yes. After that, your eyes are like wide open. Um, and for me, so my my thing has always been: it's not a question of if we will defeat 
sort of the CCP, right? Because they're everywhere. They're into everything. We're, we're like 24 years into a 25 or 23 years into a 25 year war, right? With China. Um, they've bought the English political system. They've bought the German political system, Canada, everything else. They own all the trade. For me, it was never a question of if we do this. And I genuinely believe that this hinges on the United States on this election, right? Yeah. Um, it's always been a question of how many. How many will make it through to the next stage because they're so lost that it's like you can see the two paths opening up, right? Yeah. One leads to hell and one leads to somewhere much better. And you can see people even on, on X just following this other path despite the blatant facts being in front of them. So how do we get more? <laughs> and I think you've answered it already. You've got to teach them history. But how do we reach them in time? It's, like, it's almost like the sun's running out, right? I and, know. And I, I'm yeah. with you, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really, really want to shout out, you know, can hear me there are two choices for americans one is to listen to someone like me who lived through it who watched the end the ending of the movie and tell you what would happen what happened and what would happen here or they have to just find out themselves but by the time they find find out by themselves like my parents it will be too late so yes Yes, it is difficult, and uh, um, and it's still no matter how difficult, it is still start with let them understand, teach the history, get the message out, and it all started with information. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I keep going back to the, the Spectre series. I think it's the third or fourth time I'm looking at it now, and each time I still feel oh, there's still more communist things in me. There's still more to clean up. There's still more to it's it's insane um but it's it's just i don't know it's like we need somebody this needs to become more widely known right people need to know that this look take this on board read it watch yeah. it because it really does clear it out of your head i don't know how they did it <laughs> uh, no it, it is because it appeals to so many people in so many different level and i say there's a different kind of uh, um, um, followers of communism one group is simple those people want free stuff they want to be taken care of of uh, by the government they don't care whether they are free or not they just want free stuff so those are the group uh, of uh, people and uh, so the Bernie Sanders followers, you know, but there's a, still a large group of people. Those are the um, indoctrinated youth. They believe in the vision of utopia. They have no idea, but they think it looks good, sounds good, so they are they they they, they go for it. And 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 then there's a bunch of people, um, you know, like a, a Mark Cuban. I don't know if he's a true believer or not. So those people are kind of like, a, hmm, I think woke is winning, so I'd better uh, be on their side. So those people probably, they, they, they're not true believers, but uh, they, 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 they go with the flow. And then there's only a few people who know exactly what happened. Those are the ones I call them globalists. Yeah. You know, they are the ones that they, uh, they 
absolutely pushing this whole thing. But um, um, so you know, different people uh, fall for it for different reasons. And this, the uh, the um, like a uh, uh, Mark um, Cuban, I think he he went in, uh, he he got in for virtual signaling. So he's like, uh, you know, I'm with the right people uh, on the right side. So yeah. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of followers. There are many, many followers of communism. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lumpen proletariat, the useful idiot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, good um, way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. Utopia means the place that cannot exist in English. Yeah. The mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. listen, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, that was a wonderful story to, to sit and listen to. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, all right. Um, so, Ji, how can people support your work? Where can they buy your book? Yeah, and I really hope that people are so uh, supportive. Just think about it. Three years ago, I never ever spoke in uh, in public. Mm-hmm. Never got involved in uh, politics, and I was scared to death. I would make fool of myself, and I'm mm-hmm. sure I made fool of myself time again. You know, uh, English is not my first language. And I sometimes I can't express my thoughts clearly, but I have received so much support, and I just really, really appreciate. I really appreciate all the support from uh, people who uh, um, who uh, listen to me uh, at events on uh, in, in, on social media, and I just want to say that. And I've never uh, thought about being uh, a public figure. So, um, but um, with your support. I was able to have the determination to write the book, and so I, I really uh, hope the book will make a difference. And you can get my book anywhere uh, books are sold, pretty much major book um, sellers. If you get it on uh, uh, Amazon, please leave a review. And I also I'm very active in uh, on X because I find that the best. Uh, way for me to uh, get the message out and I can you know think about it not just talk talk is not all that easy Mm -hmm. and so I do tweet uh, pretty much every day and I do tweet a lot of parallels of uh, comparing um, the two cultural revolutions and uh, and tell the stories of uh, um, uh, what happened living under communism so I think uh, I hope people will follow me and uh, and I do make this uh, a serious it, it's not just something I, I, I tweet something and for fun I, it's, I take it very seriously and I do uh, do a lot of uh, reading and I share what I and the new stories I, uh, I learned and so I always tweet something new thank you all. thank you it was so nice to talk to you today thank you for coming on my show G um, and thank, thank you, you everybody for, for coming here, especially to my speakers. And thank you for my members over at TimCast.com for becoming a subscriber and helping to support our work. Um, if you're interested in seeing my live reactions, we record half of this and put it up on TimCast. So, uh, so that's cool. Uh, tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, um, Jeff Hartman of Angel Studios will be joining me to discuss their newest movie, Cabrini, which is an incredible movie. It's about America's first saint. Um, and it's it's so well done. I got to watch it. It was just incredible. So I encourage everybody to go join that space um, later tonight. I'll also be tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. I have on Grant Cardone with me. 
And then Thursday, I'll be talking with Riley Gaines. So it's going to be a, a fun week for Spaces with Josie. But uh, thank you, everybody, for coming tonight. Hope that you tune in at one of the other spaces this week. And make sure you go ahead and follow G and uh, buy her book if you're able to. Thank you, everybody, and uh, have a good night. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other.